Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Betting, a Sports Garden Network production. We are your source for sports entertainment and credible sports intelligence. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Sports Garden production. I got to tell you guys, I am absolutely pumped up. We actually have bye weeks already. I mean, the, the football season is flying by. We're looking at teams that you're in crisis mode for the playoffs if you lose this week. Other teams, hey, you know what? You're feeling really good. You're looking at division titles. I mean, we are not in the beginning of the season now, whether you go by the 17-game season or an 18-full-week season. No matter what happens, hey, we're one-third of the way there. And we're really, we're not that far off from being at the midway point. The really... Uh, you know, the idea that these teams aren't really what they are, the idea that these teams are still, well, kind of going through the motions. Forget that. These are the teams that we know that they are from a betting standpoint. We've got to start using that to our advantage. We're going to go over that today. Guys, you want to go get in touch with us at SportsGarden, G-A-R-T-E-N, over on Twitter, over on Facebook. Always use hashtag S-G-N, SportsGarden.com as well. Make sure you listen to us every weekend. It's Wanna Bet Weekend Edition every Weekend every Sunday morning, we go right up until kickoff and give you everything that you need. And we're going to go run through the lines today and run through all the games. We'll start off with the Thursday night matchup. Bears are a one-point favorite. Look, the the thing with this game is very simple. Look, Washington and Chicago both have terrible offenses, right? They rank twenty-six and twenty-seven. They're scoring sixteen and fifteen point two points per game. That is absolutely just putrid. I mean, they're, look, their offenses are terrible. But here's the thing: what they do well. The other team can't take advantage of, and what they do poorly, uh, the other team can't take advantage of either, right? The, the Commanders, their defense is terrible against the pass, but the Bears can't throw it. Justin Fields dropped back 21 times last week, so maybe they're trying to say, hey, he can throw it a little bit, but we haven't seen it really come to fruition. The Bears' defense, well, they're bad against the run, but the Commanders simply can't run the ball. They've actually only rushed for more than 90 yards once this entire season. Things are going to change with Brian Robinson coming back. But right now, that's a problem. Chicago ranks 22nd in total defense, 15th in scoring defense. But that's a little misleading. They are on the bottom of the NFL in sacks. Now they go up against uh, a team that has the second most sacks allowed with 20, 6th in the NFL in giveaways. And you look at this, and their defense is a little misleading. The Bears, because they're in the middle of the pack, but you go, yeah, that's because they're not letting people even get on the field. They're running the ball so much. The big difference in this game is going to be turnover differential. Chicago's even, right? They don't turn the ball over much on offense. On defense, they do turn the, the, their opponent over. Washington can't get anything done defensively turning the ball over. They are minus eight offensively. Carson Wentz was thrown under the bus this week by his head coach. It's going to be real interesting to see how he responds to that outright criticism. Niners, Falcons. Niners are up to a six-point favorite here. The problem is, it, you know, look. You could look at the Niners and you could say they lead the league in run defense. They're tied with the Bills for the top spot in scoring defense. They lead the NFL in sacks. They're a tremendously good defensive team. They're the only team in the league to allow less than 250 yards per game. And you look at this team and you go, yeah, defensively, they're fantastic. Here's the problem. Nick Bosa, groin injury, probably out for this game. Jimmy Ward, injury, out for this game. Emmanuel Mosley, ACL torn, he's out for the year. And Robbie Gold has a knee injury. He might not be available for this game. That's a problem. That's a lot of defensive guys. And the Falcons, look, they're a team that just hangs in there, 5-0 against the spread. 
because they could get a backdoor like they did last week. They're hanging in there. They're kind of just, just that team that you look at and you go, oh, yeah, okay, all right, they're there. Look, all five of their games, the Falcons, have been decided by 18 total points, and the Falcons' last three losses are by a combined 11 points. They're just a covering machine. Mariota is, is a guy that, man, maybe not might not like him. He's kind of getting the job done. And it's the same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's a game manager. We know this. The one thing you could say is that this uh, 49ers offense is actually built for the turf, and they're probably going to be faster and better on this turf. And maybe that is the difference maker here. I just don't like laying these points with this much injuries going on. Patriots, Browns, look, Bailey Zappi is looking good. Patriots are getting three points in here after their shutout win in Detroit. Kevin Stefanski, as a home favorite, is only 6-11 and 11 against the spread. What we know here is that it's going to be running game against running game. New England's running defense is pretty bad. They give up, oh, just about 130 yards per game. Nick Chubb, he's on pace for more than 2,000 rushing yards and 24 touchdowns. He's got 6.1 yards per carry. This is fantastic. And Cleveland, look, they lead all teams in offensive line and offensive time of possession. They're going to hold the ball and run the ball. We know that. The Browns also lost three games by a combined six points. So you can look at them and go, yeah, they could be a lot better. But the last time that these two teams met up, New England beat Cleveland last year, 45-7 in November, right? So it's not that long ago. You look at the Patriots, and they are getting things done. Stevenson looks like the guy now, and he's getting things done outside the, out of the backfield. You're starting to look at the Patriots. Defense is stepping up in the right direction. And now you wonder, can he, you know, Bill Belichick, confuse Jacoby Brissett to a point that he was able to do against Jared Goff and that high-flying Detroit offense last week? The Packers are seven and a half, eight-point favorites, depending on where you're looking at home against the Jets. They're both three and two, and the Jets are playing really, really well. Green Bay, though, was a nine-and-a-half-point favorite before this weekend, and then all of a sudden the Packers lose in London. The Jets put up 40 on the Dolphins, and everybody loves the Jets. Zach Wilson looks great. Oh, this is fantastic. But look, this is a Jets running game, and this is what they've been able to do. They scored five touchdowns against the Dolphins on the ground. Well, the Giants against the Packers were able to run all over them with 4.8 yards per carry, and everyone seemingly has been able to run on the Packers. The Jets are also forcing turnovers. Now, I don't think that they're going to be able to force turnovers against Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over. The Packers are 20-10 and against the spread at home with Matt LaFleur. But the big thing here is that will the Packers commit to the better running back? And the better running back right now is Aaron Jones. He's averaging 6.4 yards per carry. Yet he has fewer carries on the season than A.J. Dillon, who doesn't even have four yards per carry. I think if the Green Bay Packers decide to give Aaron Jones the ball and run him into the ground and play mistake-free football, which Aaron uh, Rodgers usually does pretty well, and if it's the Aaron and Aaron show, they could win and cover this. If not, if they try to get cute and they try to go to the A.J. Dillon and they try to get their young guys involved, the Jets are very capable of covering the spread, maybe even winning outright in Green Bay. All right, maybe that's a little bit too much, but definitely covering the spread. Jaguars, Colts. Colts are a two-point favorite. Last time we saw these two teams meet up, they combined uh, last week for only 18 points. But last time we saw this, the Jacks shut out the Colts back in week two. Jonathan Teller, we don't know if he's going to be in here or not. The total has dropped from 44.5 down to 42. People are expecting a running game. Last week, I got no answers. Look, I like Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence made the worst throw that he's ever had in his entire career, and we're going back to college and probably even high school. It was just absolutely terrible. A terrible 15-yard penalty really gave the game away by Devin Lloyd. You look at uh, the, the lack of James Robinson in this offense. I didn't understand that last week. Uh, Christian Kirk, one catch, one catch for Christian Kirk. I mean, it, hey, all of a sudden, it, oh, yeah, he, he was great for his contract. He's looked miserable the last two weeks. And the Jags are out of sorts. But so are the Colts. Look, Matt Ryan can't throw the ball downfield. 
3.6% of all his pass attempts have gone 20 yards or more. I mean, they, he's a dink and dunker. He's always kind of been a dink and dunker. Now he's even more than ever. And last year, look, I'm not pointing directly to Matt Ryan, but last year the Colts were a top 10 scoring offense, and the Falcons were 26th in the league. This year, the Falcons are a top 10 scoring offense, and the Colts are 32nd in the league. Let's go to Vikings-Dolphins. It's looking like Skylar Thompson is going to play, but there's still a chance that Teddy Bridgewater will. Look, I don't think two is going to play. The Dolphins are getting three at home. They're still getting three at home. But it's not just the quarterback problems. It's Tyreek Hill's got a foot injury. Jalen Waddle's got a groin injury. Zayman Howard, one of the best corners in the league, missed last week. He might miss this week. But Minnesota is 1-4 against the spread. Why? Because everybody keeps overrating this team. The Vikings are 4-1, but they are the most disappointing 4-1 team. I, I'm not impressed with them. As a matter of fact, three of the last four games, they've been down late in the game. They came back uh, against uh, a couple of teams. They had good bounces go their way. Remember the double doink? I think the Va Vikings are a little overvalued, but how can you go with Skylar Thompson in a banged-up Miami offense? This is a tough game. Let's go Bengals. Saints 2-3, two 2-3. and, three, two and three. Bangles are about a 1.5-point favorite. Joe Burrow's struggling on offense, right? This is a problem. Now, he returns home, and you know that Burrow and Chase are, have the New Orleans connections. Trey Hendrickson and Von Bell also came from New Orleans. Those are big things there. But he just hasn't been able to go downfield and find Jamar Chase. Higgins is banged up. Tyler Boyd this week, they said, oh, yeah, you know what? We got to get Tyler Boyd in Oh, you think so? Yeah, absolutely. Dennis Allen is going to absolutely blitz Burrow all day long. And the Saints, you look at their defense, they've been really good. The Bengals have surrendered the third most sacks in the NFL. You know that Joe Burrow is getting a little gun shy. On the other side of things, look, the Saints, they've surrendered 14 sacks. They lead the NFL on giveaways with 13. So it's mistake problems on the offensive side of things. And why? Well, we're dealing with injuries. Jameis Winston, don't know if he's going to play. Michael Thomas came back, don't know if he's going to play. Jarvis Landry's banged up. Chris Olave's banged up. Um, Taysom Hill was all everything. You think that Taysom Hill was going to have that kind of game again? I will say this. More than 90% of the bets right now are on the Bengals to win this game on the road. That's a dangerous percentage number. Ravens, Giants, Giants are four and one. Ravens, it doesn't matter. They're five and a half point road favorites here. Look, Ravens might be without, well, will be without Marcus Williams for this game. He suffered a dislocated wrist. And the Ravens, you know, here's the thing. Uh, you look at the Ravens and they, they, they can get passed on. They are bottom five in the league on passing defense. As a matter of fact, no team in the NFL has given up more passing yards at 290 per game than Baltimore. But the Ravens are 12th against the run, tied for ninth in the league with 11 sacks. They lead the league with the Bills and Eagles and takeaways. And here come the Giants. Giants can't throw the ball. They got nothing but banged up guys. And all of a sudden, you look at the Giants and you go, Saquon Barkley's averaging 23 offensive touches per game. They can't throw the ball. The Giants might be 4-1 against the spread. But that's the one vulnerability that the Giants really need to take advantage of. And I don't think they're going to be able to. On the other side of things, yeah, Wink Martindale against his former team. He's going to come after... Uh, Lamar Jackson tried to get things done, but the Giants have one problem. That's when Leonard Williams is out, which he's been out the last couple of games here. They're just terrible against the, the run. They're letting up five yards per carry. Lamar Jackson could have a huge game. J.K. Dobbins also could be a big game. That's the formula for success for them. Buccaneers, Steelers, look, we all watched the Steelers get absolutely destroyed. So the Bucs being eight, eight and a half point favorites is not a shock here. The Steelers were blown out 38 to three, and they were never in that game after the first play of the game. Josh Allen was kind of just toying with them. The Bucs, meanwhile, they had a big lead, almost gave it back on a backdoor cover. And if it wasn't for that weird, everyone's talking about, uh, you know, roughing the passer call. 
They may have lost that game. Since arriving in Tampa Bay, the Bucs are only 11-11 against the spread on the road with Tom Brady, so they don't do well traveling. But Brady is 12-3 against the spread uh, against Pittsburgh, not it, and that's including the playoffs. He also has looked good. Brady's looked good. He's got two 300-yard games back-to-back. Kenny Pickett had a 300-yard game, but Pat Fryermuth is in concussion protocol. And anybody believe that Pickett is really just a 300-yard guy? Or was that purely just thrown all over the field because we're down? That's what it was. Tampa Bay is a really good defense. And now they're going up against the Steelers offense that ranks 28th in yards per game, 30th in points per game. They can't find anything. The Buccaneers, 6th in the league in total defense, 6th in pass defense, 6th in scoring defense. Tied for third in takeaways, third third in sacks with 19. I understand this line, but I'm a little hesitant because we've seen the Bucs have defensive lapses over the last couple of weeks. That's for sure. Panthers, Rams, this line's all the way up to an 11. Yeah, Baker Mayfield suffered an injury. He's going to be out. He was suffered. Look, look like he was in a walking boot. The Panthers offense is pathetic, even with him under five yards per play. That is second lowest in the NFL. Both of these teams combined are two and eight in the guest of the spread. So bring up BJ Walker. Can he be any worse? No team in the NFL has averaged fewer yards than the Panthers have averaged. I don't think he can be much worse. But Panthers' defense, well, they got one vulnerability. That is, you could run on them. They allow about 138 rushing yards per game. That's absolutely terrible. Now, their defense should get a spark. Steve Wilkes fills in for Matt Rule. And usually when you have a change at head coach and a change at quarterback, the team kind of steps up. It might happen here, but I think Jeremy Chin being out really is a problem. The problem with this is, and then you get into the 11 number, the problem with this is, The Rams' offense is broken, guys. The Rams, they can't take advantage of those rushing yards. They can't run the ball at all. That is a problem. They are 29th in points scored with a running game. Guys, 65 yards is the high watermark. They've only done that once after doing it 14 or 17 times last year. They cannot run the ball. Matthew Stafford has been sacked 21 times, and he has 12 giveaways at second most in the NFL. You cannot lay double. I, look, I know it's a new coach. I know it's a new quarterback. It doesn't matter. How can you lay double digits with this mess of an offense? Cardinals, Seahawks, both of these guys are two and three. Arizona's a three-point road favorite, and they've done well on the road. Two and zero oh against the spread on the road this season. They also really played really well against the Eagles. I know it was a home game. They should have won that game. Weird things happen, and with Clay. Cliff Kingsbury at the helm. They cover about 73% of their road games since 2019. That's the best record in the NFL. Now, we know Seattle's really good at home. That's what they do. And Kyler Murray's had his problems. 5.7 yards per attempt is really pretty bad considering that his team is usually behind. These teams split last year, and they split the last three years. And as a matter of fact, Arizona does do well on the road because they won two or three in Seattle the last two of these three. Bad situation matchup for the Seahawks defense as Ertz and Brown could go deep and the Seahawks defense is giving up 6.6 yards per play, but there is the X factor here. I can't believe I'm saying this, but look, reality, uh, perception is not reality. Reality is reality here. The Seahawks offense is really good. They put up 32 points per game. You look at this offensive line, it's being created out in the top five. You've got Lockett, you got Metcalf, and you got Geno Smith. Yeah, Geno Smith leads all NFL passes with a 75.2% completion percentage. Bills, Chiefs is the game of the day. Bills are a two point favorite. As a matter of fact, this is the first time that Patrick Mahomes will ever be a home underdog, ever. And it's a rematch of last we, last year's uh, divisional matchup that we saw, look, 42-36. And these offenses have not skipped a beat. Both of these offenses are averaging 30 points per game. The Bills are 4-1 against the spread, 3-1-1 against the spread if you got a bad line out there. But it really doesn't matter. What is going on right now is the Chiefs' offensive line play and their running game has been absolutely outstanding. It's a different kind of Chiefs team. The Bills built their defense to stop Patrick Mahomes 
stop the big passing play, uh, play that zone. They're all banged up in the secondary, but right now the Chiefs are doing everything off of the running game, and their offensive line is just strictly dominating. As the other side, look, the, the Bills, yeah, we know what they do. Okay, they are going to score some points. You're going to have to outscore them. Uh, so what's the best way to keep Josh Allen off the field? Run the ball. I think there's going to be a lot of running. The 53 and a half is the total set here. I don't love the over like everybody else. Cowboys, Eagles, Eagles are undefeated and they're five and oh and a five point favorite here. Dallas had all kinds of questions. Will it be Prescott? Will it be rushed? It's going to be rushed, okay? And Micah Parsons dealing with a groin injury, but it looks like he's going to be able to play. Everybody talks about the Dallas defense, and it's very, very good. Dallas has 20 sacks. Philadelphia's got 17 right behind that. You know, Slay's going to match up with C.D. Lamb. Now, Dallas is seventh in the league in total defense, seventh against the pass, third in scoring defense. They, uh, Like I said, they have 20 sacks at second, tied for fourth in the NFL in interceptions, but Eagles' run defense is really, really good. They rank fourth in the league in total defense, fifth against the pass, tenth against the run, seventh against points allowed, fourth in sacks, tied for first in takeaways. I mean, this is defense against defense. That's why the total's gone down from 45 and a half down to 42. The Cowboys, though, can be run on, and I think that that's the formula here. You can look at this Dallas Cowboys defense, but they do have an Achilles heel, and that is you can run on this Dallas defense. You cannot run on Philadelphia. That might be the difference maker here. I don't love laying the five points. Broncos charges Monday night football. Chargers are five and a half point favorites. And look, I would have been jumping all over the Broncos here in this spot. Monday night football, getting points, divisional matchup. But Russell Wilson underwent a procedure. He had an ejection in his throwing shoulder. He's going to play through it. We have seen a bad Russell Wilson. And now all of a sudden, oh boy, now he's injured. But also, Ronald Darby's injured. Oh, missing that cornerback. That's going to be huge. Josie Jewell is injured. He was having a good season as well. So the Broncos are third in total defense. They lead the league in pass defense. They're ranked fourth in points allowed. They've had the fourth most sacks. Yeah, that's great. Now they're missing two huge defensive players. Russell Wilson banged up. I don't. I just can't go with them, even though you look at this and you go, yeah, Denver is a team that in this spot you kind of like. Chargers, look, they're 4-1 against the spread. Eckler is finally running wild. He looks really good. But I worry about the Chargers as well. Their defense is lacking a little bit, and you can run on this team. The question is, do you allow Melvin Gordon and who else, you know? Uh, Latavius Murray, they kind of signed off a practice squad. Do you allow that running game to take full control? That should be a good one. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. Quick rundown of the games this week, and I'll tell you, you know, I am pumped up for this week. I'm getting into that position where I'm starting to imagine, okay, these teams are separating themselves. I'm starting to imagine what the postseason might start to look like. I know it's early. I get it. It's very, very early. A lot of games to play. Teams are starting to kind of show themselves. And from a betting aspect, I love that. The more information we have, the better we're going to be able to do. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. We'll be back. And you can bet on that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.